This is a Broadway show uncut, and we're back with another Tony-nominated star. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street is back on Broadway. It's the first full-scale revival of Sweeney Todd in years, and now it's nominated for eight Tony Awards. The classic revenge tragedy, it's packed with star power, including Josh Groban and Anna Lee Ashford. They're both nominated for Tonys this year. Paul and Torque had a chance to sit down with Anna Lee. Anna Lee Ashford? Oh! How are things down on Fleet Street? Oh, it's so good to see you. <laughs> it's been like a minute. It's been a minute. It's been many a minute. Uh, I saw you down on Fleet Street. How, how's the, uh, your accent work is excellent, by the thank way. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, thank- I'm talking it all the time. Like, uh, my little boy's like, can you please stop doing your British accent? He now knows his accent, but we didn't correct him because it sounded so cute. I just thought that was really sweet. Quit doing your British accident, mommy. I just do it all the time in life. So was that a stressful uh, element to this performance? <sighs> you know, I did Kinky Boots for the first year, and all of us did the same thing. We all sort of talked in an accent all the time. Um, But Lauren was from the north, and Mrs. Lovett is from the south. So there's there's certain sounds like, it's darker in the north, like punch card, like punch card. But it would be like punch cards, like if you were in the south. Little things like that, that was like, oh, it was like a mind puzzle. It's always a puzzle when you do an accent. But I love it. It's an easy, quick way to just bounce right into character. I just feel like you love jumping hard into things and you're like such a natural clown, self-admitted, right? Yeah. And and you, you just love those elements to play with. I feel like it just gives you more to just have fun, right? Every great clown is really honest at heart. So when you're learning clowning, one of the first things you do is you learn how to trip and you trip on something and It's never going to be funny unless the trip is honest. So you have to really authentically trip on something. And then what's funny is your reaction to what you tripped on. You know, when you turn around and are you delighted by it or are you horrified or did it make you more sad than anything in the world? But all of those responses have to be dead honest or it's not going to be funny. So that's sort of the way that I think about clowning. And also that's sort of the way I think about acting in general. If it's not dead honest, whether you're doing drama or comedy, then... They're not going to laugh or cry. You are now locked into a Broadway run. The show's a hit. I mean, pe- people are losing their minds over it. They like it. It's, it's, it's a hit. It's, it's fantastic. And you mentioned uh, Kinky Boots, which was uh, obviously a big moment for you in your career. Kinky Boots, you were living in the joy of being in a world with fabulous drag queens every night and raise you up and Jerry Mitchell full out choreography and the energy of Kinky Boots. How's the, how's it living in the world of Sweeney Todd, which which seems pretty heavy? It's a beautiful, different kind of magic. You know, it's so reminiscent to Shakespeare to me, mm. and also Chekhov in many ways. You have this great material that's you know one of the the all time beautiful pieces in the American musical theater, yeah. and it will be forever because it's so good on the page that it's everlasting. And just like Shakespeare. Uh, you look at what's at the on the text and you make it your own. It's like when you find a, a beautiful piece of garment clothing and it becomes yours. It was once somebody else's, but you put it on and, and you make it your own. Um, it feels like one of those shows to me. So while every show that you do has its own magic and its ups and, ups and downs, this, this show feels like I'm doing a true classic. And like in all great Shakespeare, like in all great Chekhov, 
with all of the drama, also there has to be equal levity. So it feels like that. This show specifically is so balanced. We think of it being so dark, but Steve, Stephen Sondheim always said, well, it's a comedy. Mm. You know, he'd always be like, it's a musical comedy, musical comedy thriller. So I always try to, to lean into that. You obviously did Sunday in the Park with George, uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. I've heard of him. He's he's pretty good. I don't know who you're talking about. Apparently Jake he's like an MMA fighter now. I, I mean, that, that guy. <laughs> I know. How about that? All I could think about was like, oh, good for you. I just can't imagine how many how many hours were spent on blood, sweat, and tears in the gym and, and protein. Right, because you know how committed about, he is. Oh, yes. He's so, so committed and amazing and genius person. But yeah, it was like, when he commits, he commits. Yeah. But that was a beautiful uh, Sondheim production, Sunday in the Park with George, and you both were amazing in it. But you got to do that with Sondheim around. Now, this is sort of the first big Sondheim production with Sondheim not around. What's that like? I mean, it, it definitely, it's a new era now uh, because he was so involved in all of his productions. You know, I just read an article that Patti Lapone did after Company, and she said, I miss Steve and I miss his notes. And it just felt like oh, a weight had been sort of lifted from me because I've been feeling that so deeply. Like I miss him in a way that I, I knew I would, but creatively the day to day of his presence was such a blessing. And I knew it at the time and I knew I would miss him, but there was, I remember our first preview, our first run through in the room opening night all through previews I really I would go back and read notes that he gave me from Sunday in the Park because I knew they were going to be applicable to this I feel his spirit every day I I pray to him and go hey I'm excited to do these puzzles with you today every day before the show I talk to Angela Lansbury oh. you know, I say my prayers to God and then I say hey to Steve and Angie and my grandma and <laughs> <laughs> wow I love that okay they're all with you they're all in the dressing they room are at the lunch too we're at the lunch <laughs> With the Lunt Fontan, so I'm like, hello, Lunt, please join us today. All the angels are there. But I do feel that even though he didn't get to be with us physically during this experience, oh, he's all over every single page and moment. Um, so, yeah, I miss him, like, big time. But I, we also, we do a puzzle in my dressing room every day. There's a big puzzle set up on in on the table in my dressing room, and the cast comes in and out during the show. And oh. it's just sort of my, like, little nod to Steve. That he we loved have, puzzles. We yeah. have a constant puzzle going while we're doing the one he gave us. <laughs> I love that. Um, you mentioned Angela Lansbury, who obviously originated the role of Mrs. Lovett. Mm -hmm. Iconic, iconic turn. You've actually taken on a bunch of, you are such a an individual. And Annalie Ashford is, I think, one of one of the, the great stage. I, I mean, I'm telling you, you oh. know, you know, I adore you, but like just what you've done already at your young age and what I'm picturing in, in the future, it's an incredible career. But you're going to be your own legend that oh, people will be talking about. Oh, but but so let's let, but Angela Lansbury, obviously iconic, but you've also Bernadette Peters at Sunday the Park with George. You've even uh, done some iconic, uh, you did an Adina Menzel turn in Rent. You did a Kristen Chenoweth role in Wicked, right? I mean, you've, you've sort of done a lot of roles um, and added your own stamp to what other people did and every time turned it into something completely new. What do you um, like about that process? And is there anything difficult about that? Or when you take on somebody like Mrs. Lovett, people come in with an expectation of who she is. You know, anytime that you revive something, you're always, 
confronted with expectation. Yeah. And also an obligation to um, carry on what somebody created before you. I always sort of feel like I've been given a roadmap by these beautiful actresses and authors. Um, and also a piece of their divine spark, a piece of their soul that they've left behind on the page. And it's sort of my duty to honor that and them. And then also find my own way down the path. And it's always on the page. So I always just try to go back to the page because that's what they did mm -hmm. when they first pick up the script, you know? Mm -hmm. Go back to the page and it will find you'll find your way. It's like a treasure map, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're still searching every day with the map. Uh, but man, it's been an honor to, to play these incredibly strong women. It's another thing, these two shows that I've gotten to do that, that are Steve's and all of his shows, he knew how to write women ferociously in a time where not everybody knew how to write women and it was mostly men writing women. Right. But these women are deliciously uh, capable of standing up to the challenges that they face and the men that they face. Mm -hmm. And the material that he created for these women is just the best of yeah. all time. I always think of um, the company recording a documentary yeah. and Elaine Stritch being like, but the material, the material, you know? And also Patti Lapone in her uh, Les Mouches yeah. uh, club act yeah. does this incredible shout out to Sondheim at the end. She's like, if I could be in one of your shows, it's my dream. It's my dream. Oh, that's right, because he was in the audience, yes. right? At the, at the recording. Yeah. like, Mr. Steven Sondheim, yay, yay. <laughs> you know, it's this amazing thing. And I, I always think about, I, Patty's another person that I think about all the time. And I, reading, you know, that she said how much she missed Steve, I, I just think about that all the time. She's been such a such a beautiful translator of his work throughout her career as well. Dot in Sunny the Park with George and Mrs. Lovett and Sweet Todd are two very coveted Sondheim roles. So obviously, are you setting your sights on Mama Rose at some point in Gypsy? I would love to see your Mama Rose. I always say that I'd be a great Electra. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> I want to play Electra when I'm 85. You're gonna like, get. You're gonna get the call. You're gonna be like, I. I don't want to play Mama Rose. Just I want to play Electra. But when I like at the very, I want to do it in my end days. Like maybe with a walker <laughs> that lights up. You know, I just think that would be delicious. There's sometimes that I have moments where I, 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 I'm just in awe that I got to, to get to play these roles. It's really, it's getting to, it's like getting to have known Shakespeare while he was alive and getting to have played Hamlet. You know, it feels like that. Mm. It's sort of bananas. I'm so, so beyond overwhelmed and grateful. Bananas, that's one of your signature words. I'm glad you, I'm, I was waiting for you to say bananas. It's bananas. <laughs> I can't think about it because it's too much. <laughs> you actually did have your eye uh, set on Mrs. Lovett. You t you reminded me that you told me 10 years ago that you actually said Mrs. Lovett's. <laughs> yeah, which I love. Which is amazing. Yeah, you were playing Mrs. Lovett's. Was, um, you already I had a take on it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that wacky? I know. How about I, I've always sort of like had a, a, a dream of, Playing this, I'm talking to me accent. I've always had a dream of, you know, also I loved Angela Lansbury so much. I met her a couple times and every time I met her, I cried and had to walk away. Wow. Like she truly was an idol to me in a way that sometimes I couldn't even express with words. And part of it now that I'm looking back on it is because she was a true character actress who made these broad, wild women 
humans and mm. heartfelt. And she also was notoriously a great human and notoriously a wonderful mother and grandmother. All these things that you know I strive to be in life, she she did it. You've worked with a lot of uh, fantastic people now. I mean, on stage, in TV. I mean, you you have an incredible list of um, I'm sure numbers in your phone. I mean, friends and <laughs> colleagues now. Do you get starstruck at all on on the set of these things or when you interact with? All the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I still. Bernadette Peters came to the show this weekend. I still. I'm. Bernadette Still. Peters is, I'm so starstruck by her. I love her yeah. so much. I told her, you're such a part of my creative spirit, like truly. You know, that's been so, something I've been kind of sharing with people when they, when I get to see them these days, I've been like, I just want to let you know you're a part of my creative spirit. Like somebody who's inspired mm -hmm. me or touched me or made me the artist that I am for whatever, you know, they brought to the world. Like, but yeah, I get starstruck all the time. James Earl Jones, we worked together for like six months and there were still moments where, you know, he was, he was James to me, he, he, but there was, every once in a while I'd be like, you're James Earl Jones, <laughs> ah! you know, you're one of the great geniuses of our time, you know. Everybody's just people, right? I mean, and. It's just people trying to, and also as an actor, like all the great ones, they're just trying to figure out what they want in the scene, how to get it, what the relationship is with the other actor, you know, what's my obstacle and how am I going to get it? I met you when you were pretty young, when you were, I think it was right before you did. Well, I saw you in the early Next to Normal musical, Feeling oh Electric, when, which is like one of your first things. It but was then, like my first But gig. then I met you during Legally Blonde. Do you know Alex Lacamoire music directed that? Yes, that, that's that right. That moment of that. And now crazy. you're working together. Yes, that's right. Friend. Look at that full circle. And then we met during Legally Blonde. And you always just had a fantastic energy. And you've had a very different energy than a lot of other actresses. You're very collaborative. You have great relationships with your co-stars. You're just, you're just kind of a lovely person. Cool. And, and, but now, but I wonder now that you're established, now you're, now you're fancy. <laughs> Let's face it. Oh, then no. you were just some girl. Now you're fancy. You're so now there's a Tony award at home and you know, there's your names above the title and the big things are happening. And you still cross your eyes and say bananas, yeah. which is why we adore you. But how do you, um, do you feel like now that you're a lady of the stage and you meet those girls yeah. all the time, do you feel like you have to take on sort of a different, it's almost like a mentor. How do you interact with people and what do you sort of tell them about your tips? I feel like you've always had a great attitude about your career. That, that That's sort of what I always sensed about you. And what kind of wisdom do you like to pass on to people about how to do what you do? When I'm talking to younger actors, I just sort of always bring up the things that I've learned from those that have come before me and those that I respect and learn from. James Earl Jones is a prime example. I tell people all the time, he was finding new things and you can't take it with you on the last week. I remember him coming to, him coming to me and Christine and being like, I've got an idea about the scene in the second act. And we were like, okay. Let's play. You know, he's constantly playing forever a student. And so that's sort of my, I think, goal. And, and what I hope to share with others is that you're forever the student. You're always learning. And also, we're playing the Lunt Fontaine, which I think about the Lunts all the time. And how they inspired so many greats that came after them. One of them being Uta Hagen. Mm. And in her book, she talks about them quite often. And... Um, and how they really shepherded her into the theater. And it always just goes back to the basics. What do you want in the scene? How are you gonna get it? And that's the most important thing. 
that's more important than if people mm -hmm. like it or if they want to come see it. What are you What are you going to get on stage every night in the scene? Not what are you going to mm -hmm. get from them. So that always sort of try. You know, if you kind of stick with that, stick with the goals, then and try to kind of all of the the magic that surrounds it. Sometimes sometimes it's warm magic and sometimes it's not as warm magic. So you kind of kind of kind of keep yourself sheltered from that and try to be in the space. And also, I'm still just a girl. You know, I'm still just that girl. But but you also just reminded me of the other thing I like about you is that you really deeply respect the legacy of theater yeah. and the history of it and, and what you talked about with passing these roles on and these performers and these spaces that you work in. I mean, all of that means a lot to you. It means a lot to me. I grew up in Denver. These credible people that I learned how to make theater from that's when I learned about the importance of passing on to the next and and also honoring your elders mm -hmm. and we've had some really special people come and see the show recently Bernadette Peters being one of them Ben Vereen came recently um, all of these wonderful titans of the theater and to me they're the people who teach you how to do it and they're also the people who teach you how to do it on stage and they teach you how to do it off stage because we're a family backstage and you can feel that family when it comes on stage if, if it's if it's a happy family you can feel it you can feel it out in the house so i always try to to give an energy and air for a happy family i love that so let's talk about the the patriarch of that happy family i suppose josh groban <laughs> <laughs> the bizarre patriarchy. Uh, Sweetie Todd. By the way, you, there's a lot. Of, it's a sexy uh, thing going on between you, between Mrs. Lovett. And I mean, you're, you're really, I'm bouncing all over him at times. I mean, Well, she does say, um, always had a fondness for you, my dear, right when he comes in. And she says, me rumpled bedding is le legitimized in, by the sea. So there's been some rumpled bedding. It's in the text. I feel like there must have been a lot of cracking him up moments in rehearsal because he's Josh Groban. I mean, he's a very lovely, he's so you know, funny. he's he's just a, a lovely, warm man. You know, he's sweet. He's doing the Sweeney Todd thing, right? <laughs> and then you're and you're just like, he going Josh, there. I mean, Josh Groban is so so funny. Yeah. Remember when him and Sarah Bareilles hosted the Tonys yes. and they did that? Like they they're so 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 funny, so funny. Josh and also he's like amazing at banter i mean he's been doing concerts for sold out yeah. arena since he was 20 so yeah. he knows how to he knows how to tell a joke baby and he in life he has like a delightful sense of humor so he's the best straight man ever he's yeah. so fun and fantastic and he's so accommodating of my weirdness <laughs> he's so such a sweet gentle soul towards it and also you know i think one of the things that's special about his energy is he has all that fire and um anger and all the dark stuff you're supposed to have with Sweeney but then there's there's a warmth and a lightness about him I think that's really special and unique and also plays into you know the love story that I'm desperately trying to create much to Sweeney's dismay <laughs> but I feel like he's maybe the uh, a less weird or uh, if he's a performer who's coming into this role with less of a history of doing sort of like off thing, so it's fun for the audience to get to see him find his Sweeney in his way, which is cool. But what is there anything scary about him as a person? What's the scariest thing about Josh Groban? Josh came to uh, Midsummer when my husband Joe and I did it in in the park, yeah. Shakespeare in the Park, 
he was so lovely and kind afterwards that the first time I met him. And my husband since then has always been like, Josh Groban, kindest man in show business. Josh Groban, kindest man in show business. And he's proven himself to still be that to us now that we've gotten to know him so well. And now he's like family. I like hold on to him during the play. There's times before entrances where, you know, my action in the play is to just survive. Yeah. And, and getting to survive one of my tactics is by having this man do life with me, take yep. care of me, love me. That's how I can survive. And I find myself just like holding on to him. <laughs> We're not on stage yet and I'm still just like, <laughs> leaning on him. Poor Josh has to hold me the whole play. You mentioned your husband, Joe. I think you're going to celebrate 10 years this summer yeah, of marriage. How about Congra that? Congratulations. That's exciting. <laughs> we made it. You made it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you have a little boy. We have a six and a half year old little boy. Yeah. How's, how's family life? It's great. You know, we're they're navigating um, me doing this play, and oh, my sweet husband is just taking care of me and my sweet boy so beautifully. Um, like in a way that. I'll get to repay him back the favor soon. I'm sure someday he'll be doing a play and I'll make his coffee in the morning and bring it to him and make sure he gets to sleep in and I'll take Jack to school. They're really, they're taking care of mama right now, which is an amazing thing. Eight, eight shows a week, it's a challenge. Mm. And, uh, and it <laughs> takes a village. <laughs> it, takes a, it takes a community of people to help you kind of get through each day. And my, my boys are so good to me. I'm so grateful for my husband and my little boy. Yeah, because Jack was a baby when you did the last time, right? The last time you really did a run like this. Oh, and Joe took care of me last time. Yeah. He just, he's, yeah. he's, oh, he's the best so, husband a girl could ask for. So what does Jack know about meat pies and barbers and Sweeney Todd? And He knows it's scary. He knows that Sweeney Todd, we, we had to explain, there's there's too many visuals for him to kind of not get it. So he knows he kills people, knows it's not real. You know, he knows all that. Okay, yes. He's six and a half, so he gets it. But he knows that it's just a little too scary because mommy gets thrown in an oven at the end like Hansel and Gretel. That's what he tells people. Spoiler. I can't see Sweeney Todd <laughs> because my mom plays Mrs. Lovett and she gets thrown in an oven at the end like Hansel and Gretel. But I don't think he knows what's in the pies. He doesn't it's know what's in the pies. Much. Cannibalism is like old. It's tough too far for a six and a half year old. You know? Wait till he's eight. Yeah, then you can just cannibal. I feel like by the time he's eight, it's fine. <laughs> but it's just he's a little too little now. I just don't want him to oh, have that be a visual that remains with him. You know, and uh, you know, we gotta wait a couple more years. You know, finally, obviously, Sweeney Todd is a darker show. You're still hilarious as Mrs. Love. It's a comedy. Sondheim yeah, made it very it clear. It's a comedy. I've really enjoyed watching what you've done on TV recently. I mean, Paula Jones in uh, American Crime Story Impeachment, fantastic. So good, it was beautiful work. And I, I loved Welcome to Chippendales, so good. A bunch of Broadway folk in that one. Yeah, that was bananas, I loved it. There were some bananas moments of you yeah. r running around with strippers and on the dance floor. I mean, there's all kinds of craziness in that. But, but you've been able to explore some darker things on camera, you know what I mean? You've been able to be a little more dramatic on camera. Do you think that, are, are we gonna see like a full like, are you, is there going to be an Annalie Ashford, like Nathan Lane moment, like where you really, we get to see some real drama? Do you want to like dig into that? I like, would love to be Nathan Lane. So <laughs> Just be Nathan Lane. I love Nathan Lane so much. He's been able to balance things, you know? Oh, yeah. If I could be Nathan Lane when I grow up, congratulations <laughs> to me. For real. That timing, that's well, you, a, some of the best timing ever, you know, yeah. best timing ever. Sure. 
in the history books. You have actually mentioned Martha and Virginia Woolf multiple times yes. to me over the years. So so maybe you do want to just yeah, dig we're in. Manifesting. Yes. Yeah. I'd let too. I told Gate the other day. I was like, me and you, baby, we're gonna do the Glass Menagerie. Oh. He's just got to be like a little, we just both have to just get a little bit older, but we're all, you know, during that era, I'm pretty, I'm pretty close to the age to play Amanda. <laughs> Put it on the list. Put it on the list of, you're my manifester. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there are so many classic roles you could. Oh, I would love, yeah, I would too. There's so many ghosts of, of roles past that you can meet. In, in your dressing rooms in the future. Can't wait. I don't, there's also like, there's a couple like Shakespeare clowns that are traditionally played by men that I'd like to take a whack at. Mm -hmm. I'd like to be the fool in Lear. Come on, let's go play. You mm -hmm. know, I'd, that'd be great. Whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, I will play Electra in Gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the final. That's the that's that's what that's what this is all leading to. My walker that lights up. <laughs> you with a walker, Electra in Gypsy. I'll be like, I'm electrifying and I ain't even trying. <laughs> it lights up. Can't wait. And also, <laughs> like, I want to do a production of Follies someday. That's you know, when that I'll, Follies would be fun. I'd love anything Sondheim. You know, I'd love to do. I also can make you. Well, let's make a whole list. Okay, I, great. I I'm down for all of this. I can't wait to see every one of these moments. <laughs> Thank you so much. So Thank good to you. see you. It's so good to see you too. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We're back with another new episode real soon. Mm -hmm.